In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we've heard the Gospel reading from Matthew where he describes two miracles the Lord performing Capernaum. Capernaum is referred to as Jesus' own city. That's Capernaum. It's a city where he spent most of his time. It's excavated. It's been uh, like revealed. It's on the northwest tip of the Sea of Galilee. You can see the synagogue where Jesus worked a miracle that's recorded right before this. Um, and we'll talk about that in just a sec. And um, St. Peter's house has been like excavated and it's there in the Catholic uh, church. They built a church over it with like a glass floor. So you can like stand there and look down into St. Peter's home. It's right across from the synagogue. All the shop stalls have been like revealed, you know, so like where Jesus would shop. I don't know what he would buy, but they would there would be trading in stores and stuff. And that's all there as well. It's quite the place. On this particular day, the Lord raised Jairus's daughter and he healed the woman that had the issue of blood. Also, like that's right before the gospel passage where we have the healing of the two blind men and then what's called a dumb demoniac. <clears throat> Pretty incredible day. So Matthew makes sure to record these two miracles, the healing of the blind men by touching their eyes, and the healing of the dumb mute man who was possessed by a demon. Not only are they recorded because of the impact they had on those three people, the two blind men and the, the man who couldn't speak that had the demon, but also because the, what was happening with the people that were witnessing this, but also that we might see, that we might hear these things. Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would be known because the eyes of the blind would be opened and the ears of the deaf shall hear. So when Matthew's recording this, he knows his Isaiah chapter 35, and he's like, look at what's happening. This is the Messiah. And he's making that, and he wrote it in such a way that we would see it too, that Jesus is the Messiah. The blind men are also calling Jesus the son of David, which would be a, a tip-off for all the Jews to know who we're dealing with here, <clears throat> the Messiah. But for today, I thought we might focus on the question that Jesus asked the blind men. He asked them a pretty simple question. Do you believe I'm able to do this? That's what he says to them. You know, son of David, help, you know. He's like, do you believe I'm able to do it? Now, sometimes he asks this question, and sometimes he doesn't ask this question. Like, he doesn't ask it of the dumb demoniac. He doesn't ask him that. And he wasn't able to speak at the time, but he still doesn't ask him that. He asks the blind man that. So I don't know why that is. Sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. But he asks the blind man at that time, and I think he continues in our time to ask us, do you believe I'm able to do this? When we hear this question, I think it stirs something up in us because we realize that the primary thing Jesus is after is not the healing of their eyesight. It's not the primary thing. He's glad to do it, and it's what the Messiah does. But he's asking about their faith, like he's stirring up their faith. Do you believe I'm able to do it? That's like the primary question. His primary ministry wasn't to heal all people of all their diseases, but rather to help them believe in him. 
to believe that it's possible for them to be cured from spiritual darkness and spiritual blindness. And that's why he's still asking the question today, do you believe I'm able to do this for you? Because his primary interest is in stirring that up in us, a belief that we can start really believing, acting in faith, trusting faith in God, that we can be cured of spiritual blindness, spiritual diseases, spiritual darkness. Do you believe that he's able to do this? Elder Simeon Craigiopoulos, our friend, uh, who reposed in 2015, the Be Blessed book and the Anxiety book, that's Elder Simeon. He said about this passage about the blind men, we so often do not have sorrow within us over not having faith. When we answer in the affirmative, do you believe I'm able to do this? If we can say, yes, Lord, I do believe you're able to do this. I do. I believe you're able to heal me. You healed them. I believe you can heal me. When we answer in the affirmative, Elder Simeon says, immediately we're enlivened. Immediately we're brought into action. Immediately we follow the Lord. We believe the Lord is able to forgive us, to purify us, to illumine us, to sanctify us, to give us repentance, grace, humility, and every virtue. Consequently, he goes on to say, it's impossible to answer the Lord with a yes and remain as we were. To say, yes, Lord, I do actually believe you're able to do this changes us. It changes us. We can't remain where we were. Immediately you will be healed, Elder Simeon goes on to say. You will start to think differently. You'll start to feel differently. You will feel that now is the time of salvation. So the Lord is asking us this question. Do you believe I'm able to do this? And if we can lay, yes, I do. And I believe all of you are a yes in this. So we push ourselves, if we, if we can't, like, yes, you know, we push ourselves to say, I do. I do believe. I trusted the Lord all of these years. I trust him now. Yes, the Lord is able to do this. Today, then, becomes the time of salvation. Now is the acceptable time, St. Paul said. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You are baptized. You have the grace of God. But did you receive it in vain? It's the hour for us to hear the voice of God and to be energized to respond, to use the grace the Lord has given us and which we have within us. So our faith, trusting in God, is in battle against our worldly knowledge. I don't know if you feel this, but we have faith, which like rides way above, journeys above the path of the ways and means of knowledge. Faith goes above it. And we kind of let like ourselves kind of war with worldly knowledge against our faith. Really, when we go to worldly knowledge, we're really just trusting in ourselves, our experience, empirical evidence, what we've learned, what we've been taught. And the Lord is like telling Peter, get out on the water with me. Is it you, Lord? Call me out on the water. Come on out. Now, worldly knowledge is like liquid will not hold my weight. You know, I know I've stepped in puddles all my life. He worked at the lake the Sea of Galilee, he knows he can't do this. It can't be done from worldly, not the ways and means of knowledge, what he empirically knows, what's his experience. It just can't, it's, it's actually can't be done. And the Lord says, sure. I don't know what it was like if he jumped or put a foot out, you know, but, but it held his weight. It's impossible, according to the, the way we think, 
And if we will let faith and trust the Lord more, we'll rise above that. And it's like, swap, able to walk on water. Any of us that ever touched a stove, <laughs> maybe all of us have. I seem to be burning myself a lot lately. Anyway, so it just happens. But we know fire is not, it's impossible to think that we can touch the stove and not get burned. We have all of these saints throughout even the Old Testament to the New. The three holy children go into a furnace. We had just this week, you know, um, St. Elizabeth, the new martyr, on Tuesday, the Grand Duchess, you know. The soldiers would not throw her into the furnace as she, they were being commanded because they looked in and saw angels in the furnace. They wouldn't do it. So those guys were killed. They got two other soldiers to do it. They threw her in. Nothing happened to her. They pull her out. And, and this happens. It's not just St. Elizabeth, the new martyr. It's like saints, it's like we have lots of accounts of this. And they come out and they always make a little point of saying they didn't even smell like smoke. You know, like not only were they not burned alive or singed, they like, they, it's like they weren't even in there. It was dewy. Okay, the ways and means of knowledge says that is impossible. Like it's just, it is actually impossible. It can't be done. Faith rides above it. You know, now... We're not being tortured the way St. Elizabeth was to her death. They had to find another way to kill her, by the way. The fire didn't work, so they had to come up with another way. And um, I'll even tell you, so those that don't know, she was, she was like thrown to the wild beast and none of them would do anything to her. Except like a, a lioness or something came up. Oh, a she-bear. A, a female bear came up and like scratched her on the leg and she died from that. Like she gave her soul to the Lord. So they couldn't even get her with the bears, really. Just barely. The battle for us is to trust the Lord and to rise up above the ways and means of knowledge. What we empirically believe when the Lord says something else. To start putting our weight over there. Abba Isaac, the Syrian, wrote beautifully in his 52nd homily, Knowledge is about investigation and human ability and not knowing where to turn when things get difficult. The ways and means of knowledge can best be said to, put, to be a step whereby we can climb to the lofty height of faith. It's like the best thing you can say about worldly knowledge is that we can step on it to go higher up in faith, you know? And once our soul's been surrendered to the Father in faith, once our souls have been surrendered to the Father in faith, we can taste his help for us. And we want to return to him instead of caring for ourselves all the time. Instead of worrying about everything all the time, we put our trust in the Lord. And with faith, we no longer spend all the time in prayer saying, give me this or take this away from me. You know, as faith grows, we aren't saying, there's a billion dollar lottery. <laughs> you know, I must have that and I will do good with it. You know, in prayer, we just, whatever, there's some, maybe someone's going to get that. You know, and we move on to other things. We start to trust the Lord more and more. Knowledge keeps us within the boundaries of nature in all its path. Faith journeys above nature. Thinking of Peter out on the water that can't hold him and all the saints that have been thrown into the fire. 
We're not being told to walk on water. No one's attempting to martyr us by fire. But we are being asked to take refuge in faith instead of fear. And fear comes from the ways and means of knowledge. Knowledge is unable to provide the help we need against the difficulties our souls face. So the question is, do you believe he's able to do this for you? Elder Simeon says, say yes. <laughs> say yes, and you'll feel your faith grow. And then start trusting him with more things. Trust him with the difficulties. Trust him with the worries. Trust him with the issues. Trust him with our country. Trust him with your family. Trust him with your finances, right? Trust him with your sins that you think, I'm never getting past this. Trust him. Trust him with everything. Trust him with anything that comes to mind. I'm putting, even if it, even if all of this says he won't be able to do anything about it because I'm whatever, I'm not savable or this is a, too big a problem or God doesn't care about whatever. Say yes and get into that place where it's like, I'm just going to ask the Lord to help us. The Lord is good. He will forgive us, purify us, illumine us, sanctify us, grant us repentance and grace and humility and every virtue. He cares for you. He loves you. So do you believe that faith passes above nature and traveling on the pathway of this journey? I want to end with just a very short word, one little well, two little baby paragraphs here from St. Isaac the Syrian. Do you see the feebleness of the power of knowledge and the strength and the power of faith? Knowledge prevents its disciples from approaching anything alien to nature. But see here the power of faith and what it commands its pupils. In my name, it says, you'll cast out demons. You'll take up serpents. You'll drink poison. It will not hurt you. I'm going to pause right before I read. This morning when the deacon and I got here to do our morning prayers, you know, there's priestly prayers. I grabbed my liturgicon was coming out this door. Deacon Chris came out that door and he goes, there's a snake right there. A guy, some, I don't know how he slithered in here. He's already he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> a glossy white snake. I was going to call Chris Peterson and take pictures and discuss, but it's non-venomous. And uh, he was slithering like under the thing. I'm like, um, if I if I would have remembered that I'm preaching this, that I could take up serpents, I I probably would have tried it. Who knows? I'm like, is it venomous? We're like, I can't tell if it's poisonous because we're like city city folk. We don't know. Anyway, I just put my liturgicon down, and he like because he was slithering like against the wall. And he just turned around when we opened the door. He's like, zip. Like, well, that's so much easier than it could have been. We could have been here for like an hour, you know. In my name. Unpause. We're going again. Here we go. To finish it up. You'll cast out demons. You'll take up serpents. You'll, and if you drink poison, it won't hurt you. That's faith. Because the ways and means of knowledge says don't pick up snakes. Don't drink poison. You can't cast out demons, right? Knowledge enjoins all those who journey in its path to investigate according to law and the end of everything before making a beginning and thus to commence. Lest the end of the thing prove unachievable by the limit of human ability and the labor be spent in vain, and lest the thing prove difficult and impossible to realize. That's knowledge. But what says faith? All things are possible to him who believes. For to God nothing is impossible. 
O unspeakable wealth, O ocean rich, and its marvelous treasures, in mighty floods of the power of faith, how filled with boldness, how replete with sweetness, and hoping in its journey, accompanied by faith. How light are faith's burdens, how sweet its labors. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.